Great to see everybody today. Hello, Cathedral family. Oh, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so glad that you're here. All those who are here on campus, wherever you're out on campus, those who are watching our online campus, and campuses all around the Bay Area, thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I want to take just a moment out and can we give it up for our worship arts team? Wasn't that awesome? Helping us to well, just get that spirit of resilience back in our hearts. I will bounce back. Say that with me. I will bounce back. All this month, we're thinking about one of the most important qualities you will ever build into your life is the quality of resilience, that bouncing back when life throws you a curveball and in fact, there's a theme verse. I love this verse, and I'm going to invite you to stand as we read this verse together and fill this place with the Word of God. Let's declare it together. You know, own this verse. Let this verse own you. And by the end of this series, boy, the Word will become flesh, and it'll be at work on the inside of us. Let's say it together, everybody. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Oh, yes, amen. Yes and amen to that. Let's say it one more time, everybody. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Can we give God praise for his word? We declare it. We believe it. We own it today. Father, thank you. What an awesome privilege it is to serve as pastor of this great church family. I am so, so grateful. Father, thank you for all of these wonderful people who have come out today, cathedral family, friends and guests that are here, Lord, I pray that you would meet them in this moment and that you would lift up their spirit, that their lives would be different this week because they've met you in this place. God, that's our heart. That's our desire. Start with me. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, amen, amen. and amen, and amen, amen. You have so much negativity that you run into all week long. I think it's important when you come to church to have people speak words of faith over you. 
And so before you're seated, let's make some positive declarations. I'm sorry. Well, everybody's getting their exercise today. Amen. Don't have to hit the gym later. I went to church. <laughs> but just speak something over each other's lives. Look at two or three people and tell them, you will bounce back. Go ahead. You will bounce back. I will bounce back. Even when I've fallen flat. I have a couple of basketballs up here, and, and let me. Well, that didn't work so well, did it? Now, this basketball right here, it lost its bounce, it's deflated. And what I've noticed in life that there are certain things that can make you lose your bounce. One of these things is, well, what happens to this dog right here when you have a failure in your life? <laughs> failure is one of the things that can take the wind right out of you, and you can lose your bounce. Whether it's failure at work, failure at school, failure at home, whether you failed as a spouse or failed as a parent or failed as a friend, if you failed others or you failed yourself, wow, or worst of all, when you failed your God, and when that happens, the air just goes right out of you, right out of your spirit, and you can lose the bounce. I was talking with a lady right after this last service and I prayed with her her daughter broken relationship boy just knocked the wind right out of her failed relationship but we know how that can impact you when I was in college I dated a girl for almost a year and she broke me she broke up with me can you believe someone would break up with me first of all <laughs> And when she did, I was devastated. It really hurt. I mean, I couldn't eat. I was dropping passes at football practice. It was so bad, I was listening to Barry Manilow albums. That's how bad it was. <laughs> but when you've had a failed relationship, how do you bounce back from that? Well, if you would say, you know, Pastor Ken... Uh, well, just to be real, this is exactly how I feel today. I still came to church, but I just feel deflated. Failure has just knocked the wind out of me. Well, you are in the right place today because I believe you're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. God brought you here to this moment because he wants to pump you up. Amen? With the word... And his spirit, God wants to give you your bounce back to build resilience into your life. Uh, the most successful football coach in college right now, he once talked about the importance of resilience this way. He said, Nick Saban, one thing about championship teams is that they're resilient. No matter what is thrown at them, no matter how deep the hole, they find a way 
to bounce back and overcome adversity. I want you to see yourself today. I may have fallen flat, but by the grace of God, I will bounce back. Amen. I will bounce back. I will bounce back. Say that with me. I will bounce back. Now, last week we looked at a bounce back story in the life of Joseph. Today I want to look at another bounce back story. This one's in the New Testament, in the life of a man by the name of Peter. He has an epic fail in his life, and yet by the grace of Jesus, he bounces back, and what God did for him, God can do for us today. So follow the storyline with me. It all starts with this radical name change. The first thing Jesus does when he meets this man, the first thing, imagine that. He meets this man by the name of Simon and he changes his name. The Bible says Jesus looked intently at Peter for a moment and then he said, you are Simon, John's son, but you shall be called Peter, which means the rock. I found some advertisements where the people's names seem to match up with their profession. Let me show some of the ones I found. For example, this lady right here, she's a weathercaster, and her last name is Blizzard. Or this guy right here, he's a firefighter, and his name is Les McBurney. <laughs> or, or check out this one. Uh, this guy is a doctor, and his last name is Achu. <laughs> or, or how about this one? This guy is, well, he works at a police department. His name is Saint, or Sergeant Paul Paulus, who works at the St. Paul Police. <laughs> the names seem to connect up with where they went in life. And, and when Jesus shows up, he looks at Simon and he says, you are Simon, that's who you are. The name Simon meant a reed. We know a reed, you see it in the field. It's very tall, but it's very flimsy. One minute, it's way over here. The next minute, it's way over here. It's not very steady, not very sturdy, undependable, unreliable. Simon, this is who you are. But thanks be to God, Jesus not only sees who we are, he sees who we can become. And he looks... At yeah, let's give God praise, amen. He sees our potential. And he looks at Simon and he gives him a picture of who he can become. That's what this name change is all about. Now, experts who studied this have said that your name can serve like a magnet that draws you toward it. One professor at New York University said this, he said, researchers have shown that our names take deep root within our mental worlds, drawing us magnetically toward the concepts they embody. And that's why Jesus changes 
Simon's name. He says, you are Simon. Right now, you're unreliable and undependable. But you will be Peter. Peter means a rock. A rock is steady. A rock is steady. You're going to be like a rock, the Gibraltar rock. Can somebody say amen to that? You're going to be like a rock, Dwayne Johnson, the rock. Uh, You're going to be like Rocky, Sylvester Stallone. Peter, your nature and your character is about to change. You are Simon, but you will be Peter. Reliable, dependable. This is where you're headed. Now, here's a question I want to ask you. If you and I, after church, we're having a cup of coffee, just you and me one-on-one, and we just got real, and I slid you over a piece of paper and said, where today does God want to give you a new name? A magnet that would draw you toward his purpose for you in the future. If your name is addict, let him change it to freedom. And if your name is broken, let him change it to whole. If your name is hurt, let him change it to healed. If your name is loser, let him change it to winner. If your name is victim, let him change it to victorious. If your name is setback, let him change it to comeback. Today is the day God wants to give you a new name for a better future and a brighter future. Amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He sees who we are, and he sees who we can become. Now, that brings us to the next part of Peter's story. I will bounce back. Say it with me. I will bounce back. And this is the moment where Peter falls flat. I mean, he just falls flat. It's an epic failure. It really is. It was a rocky road as you track his journey to him becoming a rock. It was a very rocky road. You know the story. One minute, here is Peter. He is walking on the water. The very next moment, he is sinking in the water. One moment, he is speaking words that are right out of the oracles of heaven. And the very next moment, he is speaking words that have come right from the pit of hell. Talk about a rocky road. And then we get to the epic failure. The night before Jesus is crucified, he says to Jesus, look, I don't know about the others. All I know is I will never, ever desert you. You can bank on that. Even if I have to die with you, I will never desert you. And then a few hours later, think about that. Not a few weeks, not a few months, a few hours. Has that ever happened to you? Jesus, I will never do that again. And then a few hours later, Peter denies Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. How painful was that moment? 
Luke chapter 22 captures it this way. We read, at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly, just crushed in his failure. That's not the kind of thing that people post on Facebook. When you get on Facebook, people post all their successes. So it creates an illusion that everybody succeeds all the time. And nobody fails like I do. But that's just an illusion. Because what we all have in common today is not our success. What we all have in common is our failure. It's part of being human. In fact, just to remind us that failure is a part of our humanity, I found some stats. Listen to some of these stats that remind us of this, that 75% of venture capital-backed startups fail. 81% of new hires don't work out. 68% of information technology projects fail to meet their goals. 88% of New Year's resolutions end in failure. And 100% of all human bodies fail. In other words, what we have in common is not our success. What we have in common today with every other human being is that failure is a part of what it means to be a broken human being. And yet, thanks be to God... One of my dad's favorite statements had to do with failure. And my dad said it this way. He said, mistakes are not fatal, failure is not final, and delays are not denials. Yeah, that's a great statement. I want you to own that today. Would you read it with me, everybody? Mistakes are not fatal. Failure is not final, and delays are not denials. Failure is not final. I want you to hear that today. Failure is not fun. No one aims to fail. When you fail, it's very, very painful. But fatal is not final. And for the person of faith, we can view failure differently. When I bring my failure to Jesus, Jesus helps me to turn that failure into a stepping stone for my future success. That is what Jesus does with our failure, amen? A stepping stone. And I've got to tell you, I think my dad's words are more needed right now than perhaps at any other time when I've been alive. I was reading an article in Psychology Today. And they talked about how the counseling need in colleges has gone up five times in recent years. And they said part of the challenge is how students are viewing failure. And this is what part of the article said. It said many students now view a C or sometimes even a B as failure. And they interpret such failure as the end of the world. Are you kidding me? 
If I would have viewed, a, when I was in school, an F was a failure. If a B was a failure, I would have never got out of school. I would still be in elementary school. And not only that, but the way they view feel failure, it's the end of the world. It's catastrophic. And it's crippling their ability to cope. And that's why we need a huge paradigm shift today. That if you belong to Jesus, failure is not final. You can learn from failure. You can grow from failure. But because of Jesus, failure is just a stepping stone to my future success. This is the power of the gospel. Amen. This is the power of the gospel. Yeah, let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Watch what Jesus does with Peter. Oh, wow. This is striking. Before Peter denies Jesus, look at what Jesus says to Peter. He says, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you disciples like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon. I have prayed that your faith will not fail. When you have turned back, help your brothers to be strong. I want you to hear this today. I want everybody to lock in on this moment. If you forget everything else I say, please don't miss this. Jesus knows Peter is going to fail. He does. He's already told him. Even though Jesus knows Peter is going to fail, Jesus is still praying for him. He is praying that after Peter fails, that he will still keep the faith, that he will still bounce back. And once he bounces back, he will help others who have failed. He will help them to bounce back. And that's the message for us today. If you have failed today, you need to know Jesus is praying for you. See, your failure is not final. Jesus is praying for you. And he's praying that you would keep the faith. He's praying that you would bounce back. And then once you bounce back, Jesus never wastes a pain. And you'll be helping others who have failed that they will bounce back to failure is a stepping stone to future success. Let's give God praise for what he does with our failure and redeems even our failure. Hallelujah. Wow, I will bounce back. Say it with me. I will bounce back. I will. Boy, this story just gets better. Now Peter starts to smell the smell of victory. Victory's in the air. If the tech team can help me out with something, I, we have a great tech team here at Cathedral of Faith. They help me preach a sermon every week. How about a hand for our tech team? Yeah. Thank you guys for doing such a great job. Now, one of the young folks on our staff said these are real popular nowadays, and she picked up one for me, and this is what they call a diffuser, and you put these like oils in it, and certain smells kind of come out in the office, and so this one... This one smells like lavender. I love lavender. Did you know we have five senses, right? We have it's sight, sound, taste, 
touch and smell. And the most powerful sense that you have, did you know it's your ability to smell? That you can smell over 10,000 different scents. That smells can affect your mood. That smells can affect your productivity at work. That, That smells can... What happens is your nose is connected to the part of your brain that stores memories and feelings. And that's why when you are somewhere and you smell something where you are, that smell links it to an event, to a moment, to a memory. I mean, you, when you smell certain things, when I smell lavender, I mean, it, it may take you to the lavender fields in Provence, it takes you there. Or maybe you smell lavender at, and it, it takes you to the spa for a relaxing day. Or maybe you smell lavender. When I smell lavender, you know where it takes me? To the ice cream shop at Russian River. (laughs) I was with my grandkids, and I had lavender honey ice cream. And when it comes to me and ice cream, I'm a little bit like Maxine. You can see, for my summer diet, I start with a nice big salad bowl and then fill it with ice cream. (laughs) Me and Maxine, we got it going on. But the smell connects the memory deeply within the brain. So when you smell it again, boom, you're right back there. What if a smell connected you to the biggest failure of your life and was so deeply embedded in your brain and in your memory? How do you get that kind of memory out. Watch this. Fast forward to after the resurrection. And Peter is fishing. Jesus is alive, and Peter's gone fishing. He hadn't given up on Jesus, but he had given up on himself. At one time, he thought he would do great things with Jesus and for Jesus. But after that kind of epic failure, he thought his best days were behind him. It was a good three-year run. And so he goes back to doing what he did before he met Jesus. He fished. And yet, while he is fishing, Jesus shows up and begins to cook breakfast on the shore. And when they come in from fishing... Jesus is making breakfast, and he is cooking fish over a charcoal fire. Charcoal fire. Underline that. Circle it. Say it with me. Charcoal fire. How many barbecue out there? Let me see. Say it with me again. Charcoal fire. And what we find is this whole thing happening on the shore is a setup for a comeback. Jesus says to Peter, do you love me more than these? And Peter's learned from his failure. He doesn't talk anymore about how big and bad he is. Instead, he's humble. And he says, 
Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus says words to Peter, feed my lambs. Can you imagine how that sounded to Peter? He thought he was through. He thought he was finished. And now Jesus says, feed my lambs. Maybe I can become a rock. Maybe my best days are not behind me. Maybe they're still ahead of me. And then what Jesus does is he takes the sound of a comeback and adds the smell of a comeback to it. You see, there's only one other place in the Bible that you find this phrase, charcoal fire. Say it again, charcoal fire. The only other place you read about that is that around where Peter denied Jesus, you read that he denied Jesus around a charcoal fire. A memory of a setback that was deep within his being. So what does Jesus do? He builds another charcoal fire because he wants to give Peter a different memory. Is that the smell of a setback? Well, it used to be, but not anymore. This is the smell of restoration. This is the smell of reinstatement. This is the smell of a comeback. Amen? In every way, Jesus is giving Peter a comeback. And friend, can I suggest to you that what if today, what if today, the whole service, I mean, you were just coming to church, but what you didn't realize is this whole service is a setup. God has set it up for you. This is a setup for your comeback. And if you can smell what's in the air today, can you smell that? You can start to hope again. Can you smell that? You can start to dream again. Can you smell that? Grace is in the air. Can you smell that? Mercy is in the air. Can you smell that? Victory is in the air. A friend, your best days are not behind you. Your best days are still ahead of you. I love the smell of charcoal in the morning. It smells like victory. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise. Amen. I will bounce back. Say it with me. I will bounce back. And then that brings us to the last movement in the story. Talk about falling forward. Well, if you're going to fall, if you're going to fail, fall forward. Don't fall backwards. Fast forward again. And there is the day of Pentecost. And here's Peter standing. He's standing. Now get this. He is standing in the same city where he had failed. He is standing a few yards from where he had failed. And now he stands up and he tells people about Jesus. And he invites people to follow Jesus. And 3,000 people that day become followers of Jesus. What does God do? In the point of his greatest failure... God raises him up and gives him his greatest success. And what God did for him, God can do for you. 
In fact, if you'll bring your setback to him today, look at the journey of Peter. I mean, he has a comeback on the day of Pentecost. And he becomes that rock that Jesus was talking about. He's referred to in Galatians as a pillar in the early church. And then he goes on to write two books of the Bible, Rocky One and Rocky Two. <laughs> if you've fallen flat in your life, God wants to give you a bounce back. I observe something about a basketball. Pastor Rick tried to explain the physics of it to me, but it was way over my head. So I'm just going to give you my observation. Here's what I've noticed about a basketball. The harder it falls, the higher it bounces. What if you own that for your life today? I have fallen hard. Pastor Ken, I have fallen so hard. Pastor Ken, you don't know how hard I have fallen. Friend, the harder we fall because of Jesus, the higher we are going to bounce. If I fall once, I will bounce back. If I fall twice, I will bounce back. If I fall three times, I will bounce back. If I fall four times, I will bounce back. If I fall five, five times, if I fall five times, I will bounce back. If I fall six times... I will bounce back. If I fall seven times, the Bible says a righteous man, even if he falls seven times, he still rises again. Hallelujah. I will bounce back. Boy, resilience is in this place today. I want you to own that for yourself. I will bounce back. Say it with me. I will bounce back. I want you to hear the story before we pray of a young man who's a part of our church family. Chuck, come on up here. Would you give Chuck a big hand? Chuck, thank you for just being real and, and sharing your journey with us. Love you, buddy. So good to have you with us. Now, now Chuck, um, your journey, it's, it's been a little bit like Peter's journey. I mean, God, uh, you, had, you had a rough season when you were younger, very difficult, um, and yet you started walking with Christ and found yourself at cathedral. Tell us a little bit about that season. Well, um, you know, in my 20s and 30s, um, alcohol and drug use led me down kind of a bad path, um, which led me to 10 years in prison. 10 um, years. 10 years. Um, but that's right, right where Christ found me, um, on my knees in there, and he picked me up and got me through that. Um, so when I got out, I knew I needed to stay connected with him, and I needed, needed to get involved in a good church. Um, I came to Cathedral to check it out. My first week in here um, was the Indiana Jones series, and you came swinging out on a rope and landed <laughs> on the stage. I was like, okay, I like this church. This is for me. Um, but anyway, I got connected. I got involved in some ministries and um, started doing as much as I could for Christ, and, and it kept me on a good path. Um, uh, Chuck, you're plugging into a church and you were connected in fellowship, you know, all the guys you were hanging with. It was just, yeah, I remember that season. And then, uh, you know, our journey with God is, is never really a straight line. It's not. It's not always up and to the right. Not if we're real and not if we're honest. And uh, Chuck, you had a, a point where you, you stumbled and uh, tell us about that. Well, 
you know, I ended up sharing here one weekend um, all the services, and from that it led to <clears throat> a documentary being, being made about me, so I got, I got to be used for God for that, and I, I, used, I was going all over the Bay Area speaking at different churches, and so I'm, I'm rising up, 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 and then I hit kind of a plateau, and the enemy kind of told me, this is it, God's done with you, what more can he do with you? Um, so I dove into my work. I was working a lot, and I was going out of town on these contracts out of town a lot. Um, the guys that worked for me, you know, they worked all day, and then they liked to drink beer after work. Um, so being away from my support system, being away from my church family out on these, on these jobs, um, I fell into that. And after 13 years of being clean and sober, I ended up relapsing. Um, and that was my fall. And it's... You know, how, how the enemy will try to isolate us from our support system. Because yep. if he can isolate us, he can defeat us. And, uh, and then what kind of led to that uh, bounce back moment for you, Chuck? Um, well, I was, uh, I was driving from San Jose over to Sonora. I had a contract over there. Um, and I, I drove. I'd been up all night. And I drove over there the next morning. And I'm driving up this windy road called Old Priest Grade on the way to Yosemite, um, and I fell asleep. And I woke up, and right as I woke up, I shot off a cliff, a straight cliff like this, and I rolled about 400 feet to the bottom. Um, and as I'm rolling down, I'm thinking, this is it. There's no way I'm going to live through this. But at the last minute, I just called out, Jesus, help me! And when I did that, my truck stopped right there on the side of that Amen. cliff. Amen. Such a, great, such a great word of encouragement, Chuck, for us to know, even when we're not searching after God, God is still seeking after us. God never gives up on us, never gives up on us. Now, Chuck, uh, that started then a journey back, and tell us how the journey's going right now for you. Um, well, I mean, that was a pretty clear sign, you know, that uh, no matter how far I was running from God, he was never going to give up on me, and as soon as I called out to him, he was right there. Um, so, uh, I knew I needed help. Um, I started doing some research and I found a place that was Christ-based recovery and it's called City Team. So I'm over there. I've been there for about seven months. I'm a, I'm a senior resident. Um, and it, it helped me to find my identity in Christ again. Um, and, and along with that comes the recovery, but that's where I get my recovery is through Christ. Um, so I've been over there seven months. I'm bouncing back right now. Um, it feels good to be back home here at Cathedral of Faith, um, and God's just oh, leading my path. Man. Oh, buddy. Oh, amen. Amen. Oh, Chuck, so happy for you, buddy. This is, this is the power of the gospel. We love you, Chuck. Oh, man, Chuck. Yeah, we do. We do love you. So proud of you, Chuck. I, I want everybody to, to stand, but stay in a, a prayerful moment because I believe the Spirit of God is present in a powerful way. And God is, is building resilience into our hearts. Chuck and I, we want to pray with you and just declare a word over you. But before we do, with, with eyes closed, if you would say, Pastor Ken, there, there's been some kind of failure that man I just it's taken the air out of me but I'm declaring in faith today 
that because of Jesus, this is just going to be a stepping stone to my future success. And that I will bounce back from this. I will. With the grace of God, I will. And so if that's the declaration you're making today, I just want to agree with you that this is your day. Lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. I will bounce back. I will bounce back. I agree. Jesus, you see our hands. You see our hearts. We agree in faith today that because of you, we can be resilient. We can have hope for the future. And failure is not final in our lives. Lord, we are bouncing back in your name for your glory. All God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.